Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Thank you so much for being on the podcast this week, Lana. I would love for you to introduce yourself. I know you're an artist and you have such a unique gift. So tell everyone who you are. Oh, hello, everybody. My name is Lana Lechkina. Yes, I am an artist and I'm a quilling artist. And if you've never heard of quilling, it's a variation out of paper filigree where everything made is out of very thin strips of paper. I've got some of them, you know, this is... Sort of that's how they come. And I've got my highly complicated quilling tools for the 21st century. So a quilling tool and glue. And 10 bionic ones attached to your hand. So that's all you need for quilling, basically. And a lot of patience. (laughs) (laughs) Quilling is, um, it's a very, um, yeah, you have to be patient. It takes time because you create bigger pieces out of, tiny little details if well you can probably see behind me how intricate you can be and yeah that's that's what I do I create beauty and take very um take pride in it that's wonderful and yes for those listening you know we'll we'll make sure to put a picture up so you guys can get an example but it's beautiful unique artwork and that's actually what led to you and I talking today because you know here at flushing it out we're kind of talking about the real stuff and the emotional stuff and shame triggers and I was so intrigued because I saw that your artwork that you have a goal to share it with doctor's offices and places like that where people end up having like a lot of anxiety I think they used to call it probably white coat syndrome. I don't know if that's still appropriate. (laughs) Um, And so I thought that was fascinating because I'm all about helping with tools, you know, and whether that's through therapy, coaching, counseling, and unique things, you know, I know mindfulness painting is something uh, that people have done. And now with your artwork. So Lana, why don't you connect the dots? Because I know you've had some anxiety on your own with the doctor, and I appreciate you being willing to share that and kind of connect the gaps. So I was, I know exactly that moment when my anxiety started. So imagine, well, I, I, I am Russian, so I was born in Russia. So imagine you're seven years old, you need to go to the dentist, you had a little like feeling to do. You know, we lived in a very small provincial town. So and uh, the dentistry in the mid 80s, last century, let me tell you, we didn't have any anesthetics or anything. So everything was just done as is not fun. And I remember, you know, you kind of brace yourself, you know, you just put up with that. And so the lady dentists, you know, all messed up and everything. You don't really see the face. I don't know how old she was. So she was drilling out, you know, before they have to fill it in. And then I remember somebody called her name and her hand did that. Oh, no. So that drilling machine went through the corner of my mouth into the cheek. And oh, my gosh. That was it. That was, oh, my God. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm just starting to shake oh. again. I know. I was so like, oh, that is a yeah. trigger warning because <laughs> I know that, people have that. Oh. I didn't see a dentist for 10 years. So I don't blame it, you. Uh, I just could not, not, nothing could make me go even near the building. 
and it was absolutely horrible. So the first time I think I was at the first year of the university, I just couldn't take it anymore. And it took, I explained to the dentist and he was kind of understanding, but already at that time we had, you know, a little bit more progress with the like dental science and everything. So at least I had the anesthesia done. So still it's, it was like, Never again. And even now, I know when I need to go, even just like for a hygiene claim, you know, I know I'm in a different country. I'm in a different century. Here in America, your dentistry is off the charts. Does it help me? No, no. Your brain doesn't know the difference. I explained to my dentist what happened to me. And yes, we talked and uh, I go through at least three stress balls because apparently I squeeze their fingers too hard. And yes, I break the stress balls. Um, I metabolize the anesthesia so fast that top me up a few times, which knocks me out for a few days. I, you know, that's what it is. And And Lana, I wanted to ask about that because you said that when we were doing our pre-call, you said that when your anxiety is high, you metabolize the medicine Mm -hmm. faster, faster. And it wears out. So I start feeling the pain again. So that's, that's not fun. I know, but I, if you could just see me now, I'm already sweating and I'm shaking. It's just because I'm thinking about those visits. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's trauma right there because that's, that was some major mentally. I understand. I really shouldn't be, you know, that scared because I am in a completely different situation. I am with really good professional doctors. It shouldn't be that. But I can't help it. Yeah. And literally, I said, well, the first time I saw a dentist here and I explained and she was very nice. And she was like, well, imagine you are on the beach. Um, from the bottom of my heart, I love you very much, but it ain't going to happen. You know, you sit in that chair, you have bright lights in your eyes. You hear the noise of the drilling machine. You smell that specific you know Mm. dental smell that is in the building how can you imagine honestly how Mm -hmm. so i've been doing a lot of research about anxiety especially dental anxiety because hello you know i need it myself and i prefer not to medicate myself because medication tends to upset everything in my body and you know, like anesthesia knocks me out for a day or two. So it's like a loss of days, you know, I'd rather be yeah. with my kids or doing art, but now I will be in bed recovering. Yeah. So there is that. And, you know, just to number two on all the lists with dealing with anxiety, especially Delta and anxiety is distraction. Mm. Yes, you can. Number one is talking to your doctor. Yes, I did. Uh, that didn't work out. So I'm not imagining the beach. <laughs> <laughs> the beach, no, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine probably drowning the dentist on that beach, but I'm not really that horrible. Yes. yes. <laughs> so hey, and, I don't blame you. Know, you. At the that moment, was... what I'm trying to concentrate is like, okay, I'm just going to count something like the imperfections on the ceiling or, you know, maybe like dust bits on the lamps in there, you know, anything. And I read when you give, when you are in a situation like this, when you are like anxious and just need to go through 
like let's say 10 minutes of that, you give your brain very small chunks of work. For example, mm. count the dots, count the shapes, find out how many colors, you know, are used in anything just to refocus yourself and concentrate on something else. Because you, I know I'm not going to feel any pain. I know mm -hmm. because, you know, they keep an eye on that. The moment I lift my finger, yes, they know they need to do another injection and top me up. But that is not that. It's the emotional shaky mm -hmm. kind of thing that I need to calm myself down and just refocus and get myself through that. Mm -hmm. So that is the point. And I thought when I started doing quilling, you know, you create those pieces out of so many little bits. And I was like, you know what? That would be ideal. You just say it. And I was like, huh, that is a beautiful flower. And I did, um, I created a number of pieces. And one of my favorite is the sunflowers. And the middle of those flowers are actually mandalas. Count how many brown colors I used, about mm. 12. Count how many different shapes I use. What are the shapes? And they draw you in because quilling is so unusual. Let's say 99% of people that I talk to, they don't even know it existed before mm -hmm. they met me. It's the perfect distraction in many, many ways. I know some dental offices now have TVs on the ceilings or on the sides in their offices, but... When you have anxiety, the way your brain chemistry works when you're looking at the art or when you're looking at the screen are completely different. Interesting. It's not calming you down as much and not distracting you as much as just looking and emerging yourself into something and giving you little chunks of tasks, like literally bite size, like counting perfect one but you just need to concentrate on something one minute two minutes you know you take a break mm -hmm. okay let's carry on and it would yeah. be just so much but if I could help so that's why I am so eager and so I'm hoping that if I can just help somebody else and not just me yeah <laughs> to put up <laughs> to simply put up with those visits you know yeah. I'm not Promising that I'm going to take all your anxieties straight away. No, this is just to help you to cope with that particular visit, just to distract you long enough so you don't even notice it happening. And you don't have to use a lot of medication that in the long run will upset your body anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah. I what love I'm that. Passionate about. <laughs> that is so great because one, I just know that you sharing your story of the dentist, you know, I know a handful of people who have such anxiety that probably couldn't even listen to this part. I probably should do a oh, disclaimer oh. at the beginning that says, fast forward to whatever minute we're at right now. Yes. It's um, a scary, horrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and that's, it's like, and the thing is with trauma, it doesn't matter where you like, that it's not going to hurt now. Your brain is still kind of stuck in that. And so I love your tip about the small chunks to focus mm -hmm. on. Yep. And you, you have to give your brain teeny tiny tasks. Yeah. Look at the colors, look at the shapes, count something, focus on something. Just the, mo yeah. the I'm, I'm a big believer in how our brain works. We just mm -hmm. need to develop it so much better because I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we can do wonders with our brains. It's just we need to learn to use our own abilities to be able to cope with many situations. 
Yeah. I know. I mean, mentally, I can understand many, many things. Yes, I understand. My dentist, he's been in, you know, in his, like, he's been a dentist for what, maybe 30 years, maybe more. Yeah. So decades of experience, obviously, I'm not going to be his first patient, you know, yeah. he's not a, an intern or anybody, you know, he's got the best drugs, you know, I mean, anesthesia. Yeah. But still, you need I something. still feel like, you know, I usually, and oh my goodness, <laughs> even when I just arrived to the parking lot, I sit for a few minutes. I was like, okay, okay, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I've got an appointment. Otherwise I will be charged. I need to just step through the door. I'm going to be okay. They're not going to hurt me because if they hurt me, like in Russia, I can sue them. So I'm just, <laughs> yes. oh, oh. you know, just anything to yes. just get myself through the door because mm -hmm. It is that bad. I mean, mentally, yeah. I understand. Completely different situation. They're mm -hmm. not going to hurt me. They're not, you know, they really need to look after myself. I understand, you know, probably from a dentist's point of view, having a very anxious patient is not really an easy thing to deal with. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, well, I ask many dentists, just can you please talk to me? But then mm. I was thinking, you know, if they're talking to me, they're probably getting distracted from what they're doing in my mouth. So I'd mm. rather them be concentrating on fixing rather than mm. being a clown for me, you know. Yeah. So. But you bring up a really good point, though. You thought of something that could help. And if you vocalize it, because they might not talk to you, but maybe if they have an extra um, dental assistant who's just assisting mm -hmm. that's, you know, helping, but is able to talk or something, you know, I think that speaking up for what we need is an important point, but having those or alternatives. At least that assistant can actually give those teeny tiny tasks. Yeah. Look there. Yeah. We have only 15 seconds. See how many shapes you can count in 15 seconds before the procedure is over. I mean, how wonderful yeah. that would be. I what mean, a great it's easier for, for the that. brain to yeah. process that other than just sitting and grabbing the <clears throat> poor stress balls. They probably buy them in bulk now is because of me, <laughs> you know, and thinking like, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, I would just wish it, it will just end. It will just end. And you're stressing and you're metabolizing that anesthesia so much faster. And like, oh, my God, mm -hmm. I know it's going to hurt soon. So you're preparing yourself for that. Yeah. But if you just switch your focus a little bit, it'll be a completely different situation. I'm not saying that you will be completely like, oh, yes, I'm on the beach. This is wonderful. No. no, but yeah. just to help you go through without too much of your like complete meltdown. Yeah. I've had those before. <laughs> and that's okay. To the point where we actually had to reschedule. I couldn't get into yeah. the dental chair. Like yeah. literally I could not, I was like, I sit in there, like with my tears from like, you know, I, I, I just can't do it. I, yeah. I can't, I'm sorry. We'll have to reschedule. Yeah. Well, and that's why I appreciate you sharing your story because that's one of those things that I know a lot of people struggle with it. And even, you know, one of my kids, they have um, a big fear of the doctor mm -hmm. and it's easy for me as a parent to kind of want to go to that place of just mm -hmm. get over it just get over mm -hmm. it. You know, know, it's not that I mean, big of yes. a deal. You'll be fine. But when you hear, especially as an adult, like kind of, mm -hmm. you know, all the right things to do, it doesn't take away how hard it is. And I think mm -hmm. being able to have more empathy for people in those situations, if you can't personally relate to it, and then also the tools, because 
at the pediatrician's office, mm-hmm. I just like kind of connected as you were talking, they have these murals on the wall and they're very funky. You know, it's like stuff that doesn't make sense in them, like mm-hmm. a zoo, but then it's just, it's all crazy. And mm-hmm. I just realized, oh yeah, we've been in there and we've said, oh, let's count how many bears are here. Let's do this. And I'm just realizing, exactly. oh, they probably choose all that because it I gives think you something. people need to know more about this. I think we're forgetting mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm not inventing a bicycle here. I know I'm mm-hmm. just saying that when I started doing the quilling, I thought like, oh my God, this is like, could be a great distraction. Mm-hmm. It's it's unusual. It draws you in. All my designs are like, I'm trying to make them, I don't know, being able to count the things in them, like, you know, the petals on the roses or on my orchids or all the shells that I've done so far. I'm trying to do a landscape, a lakescape at the moment. So you can just count them, you know, how many shades of blue I've used there a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, anything to just keep you distracted that's all you need and if the assistants like the dental nurse could just help you out in a sense like giving you those little teeny tiny chunks because sometimes it's like your like your personal self is just like yes you look but it's just a little bit more help a little bit of a more redirection you know yeah so much better you know instead of talking to you know between the dentist and the nurse you know what mm-hmm. she needs to pass and everything and I was like oh my god just don't show me all those like pointy oh no 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 nope, nope. I just keep oh, my eyes my shut that's just my eyes oh, shut. no <laughs> that's scary now Lana I know that this was something that you had picked up as a hobby and you've been yes. doing it more. And so, and I, and as I said earlier, you know, I love, I love presenting outside of the box tools to help us with, you know, our growth, our healing, our mental health. And so kind of, you know, you have the helping with anxiety in one area, but how has doing the art impacted you over the years? Uh, so the first time I actually saw quilling, it was, oh my goodness, over 12 years ago back in England. I I was always good with doing something with my hands, though funny fact about me, I cannot draw or paint to save my life. <laughs> hey, that's great. That's funny. good to know. We don't have to be good at all the things. No, but give me paper and glue and see what happens. So I picked up a book. It just caught my attention. Like, you know, I think it was quilling for beginners. I was like, what's quilling? Because, you know, quilting, you know, the beautiful throws and blankets. And I'm like, that's not quilting. It didn't look like quilting. I didn't see any blankets in there. I do like sewing every now and again. So, but then, you know, you have kids and you move countries and kind of forget about all these things. But then when kids are old enough, you know, just, and you get a little bit more time to yourself, you start thinking, well, you know, I want to do something, but I still want to be for my kids there. You know, you were like preschool, you still want to go to different games and birthday parties and they have this and they have that. And then my daughter got into gymnastics. It was competitive. So it was a lot of traveling, as you can imagine. So mm-hmm. I still want to be doing something as a person, you know, just a mother. Yeah. But, you know, I'm there for my kids because they are still young. They're only 12 and nine. You know, if yeah. they have a game, I want to be there for them. If they, you know, if they have a field trip, I'd like to go with them. Well, hopefully they'll start doing field trips again yes. soon. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, so I, 
found my books and I, at the very beginning, gosh, it was now maybe about six years ago, I just did, you know, a few little cards, a few little gifts to my friends. And one of my very dear friends, Nina, she quite physically kicked me out and said, uh, you're doing an event. So you're doing a fair, so you don't argue with your best friend, do you, you know? No, <laughs> she has a- your best interest at heart. We need those people to so push us. I had my first event. Oh, my goodness. It was a complete fiasco because it was raining. So you can imagine. And I used to do quilling on canvas, so it wasn't protected by glass. Oh, no. So... It, was, it wasn't like raining. It was misty, but still moisture in the air plus paper. Oh, they oh, no. not look good in the end. But I mm. got that buzz going and I met such wonderful people there. Yes, I made mm. a few sales on the first event. Can you imagine? Yay, so that was really awesome. cool. But then you meet people and they tell you, oh, you know, for your cards, there are special sleeves. You can order them there and there. Oh, have you considered like shadow boxes? You know, you can get them there and there. And I was like, oh my God, you know, it's a completely different thing. So it started as a hobby. So I did a few events, you know, when they did like fundraising, like let's say um, Special Olympics in our area, you know, for the kids with Down syndrome and everything. So that was like one of my favorite events. I mean, it's always... And then the kids come and they thank you and, you know, just feel so good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then about three years ago, we got the um, diagnosis for my dad and um, it was brain cancer. Mm. You know, when you have cancer in Russia and you live quite far from Moscow, like my mom does. Yeah. It's... Basically, they send you home to die. Oh, wow. So we were given two months, which turned into 33. So everything that, you know, that I was earning, that I was making, and my husband was helping out as well. So we were sending to mom to look after dad, the medication, the looking after, because she was literally doing pretty much everything on her own. Wow. Because dad lost the ability to move, to talk, to do anything for his own pretty fast. And as my sister dearly called him, he was... uh, and eating cops, pretty mm. much. So oh, it, was, gosh. it was 33 months of mm. not very nice time. Mm. So I'm so sorry. And in the for... end, thank you. You know, when it finally happened, you kind of, I it was right in the middle of COVID, so I couldn't mm-hmm. travel. So that was a bit of a... I, th- I still, I think, feel quite horrible about that because I didn't get the closure and I wasn't there with the whole family and my friends were there. And yeah. I still feel quite, you know, I guess angry. You yeah. Know, um, you know, though, you know, literally being the financial sponsor, as my mom calls me, like was like yeah. my saving grace, but still that's like not enough for me, you know. Yeah. So that was that was hard, but... You know, mm. I think when when you quill like this repetitive motion and when you sort of emerge in a design kind of helped me to just get going. And people were very supportive when they found out about the real cause, what, what, what I was doing that. Mm-hmm. So they were very nice. So they, they keep me going with those ideas that they wanted me to make. 
And I was happy to just, you know, be a little bit, you know, distracted and busy. You know, you, you get yeah. yourself busy and keep going, keep going. If, you know, you know that, you know, you sell this, you know, mom can get that medication. You sell that, you know, mom maybe can get somebody to help though. She was refusing very badly mm. about that mom. Mom is those, you know, like kind of old fashioned ladies. This is my husband. Yeah. I'm looking after him. You know, he's mine. You know, he's my family. I was like, Mom, you know, you can't pour out of an empty kettle, you know. Yeah. And then look up to yourself, like, you know, go at least like see a hairdresser or something. I'm like, well, I can't leave for such a long time. You know, what if, what if, what if? You know, yeah. like, Mom, it's life. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. it, it's hard. It's, and not being physically there, that was the worst part. When it was, when we could see that it was getting like to the very end, mm-hmm. when he was not even eating, and you know that's basically when it's like, yeah. like really the end, the end. So yeah. I was like, well, you know, we better, you know. But at least you know, I'm I'm happy my family was there, and I'm happy my friends yeah. were there to support mom. So that was that was good. Yeah. But yes, quilling got me going. It's again mm-hmm. a great distraction. And it's, you know, they say when you do something with your heads and small repetitive movement, it calms you down. So I'm trying to be calm. (laughs) Well, it's, it's a process, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's trauma too, you know, of course, just loss and all of this pandemic and not being able to be there. And I mean, I feel like that's not something that's easily I, I don't you know. think I kind of, I, I haven't, I can't let it go, to be honest. I just, yeah. I don't know. It's still, it's still a bit raw and, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I guess that's life. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, there I think- is art. So for me, art is more like, yeah. it's a way of escaping. You know, mm-hmm. I never do anything. I know a lot of artists sometimes they do like political things or mm-hmm. you know current events or so now for me art is all about escaping it's yeah. all about beauty and elegance and yeah I think escapism would be like the best yeah. description for me well perhaps the um you know because of with your story you know and, mm-hmm. and thank you for sharing that about your father and your family in Russia because of practical things, pandemic, Mm -hmm. traveling, things like that, you know, not being able to go there, that won't be Mm. for probably a a while. And so it seems like art could be that gap, maybe that kind of, like you said, doing Mm -hmm. those things just to kind of help with, with your healing that Mm -hmm. the, you know, the big healing might not be until you're able to be with your family and have that closure in person, but perhaps this could be kind of that that bridge to mm. gap to, to it could be so that's why when you know that passed yeah I was thinking well what am I doing now I, I need to find the purpose again I know I yeah. will support my mom forever you know that it goes without any saying without any doubt without anything I mean mom is you know mom is mom you know yeah. she will be always supported you know whenever but I don't want to stop. And, you know, with all, when everything closed down, with all the events closed, I'm like, you know what? I, I want to carry on. I want to make bigger pieces as an artist. I want to evolve. I want to, like, I want to create the beauty. Like, it should, and that's when the idea with the medical practices came in. It's just out of nowhere. And I was like, you know what? 
I am terrified. You know, I mm. need something to distract myself. Yeah. I know I, I am not the only one because quite a few of my friends are like, I don't even go see the dentist. And I'm like, yep. well, yeah, join the club. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's and I understand it. Maybe not. I mean, these days, I mean, we are living amongst you know, like literally scary news all the time. The anxiety mm. level. It's not just from yeah. a traumatized experiences, but yeah. the way in the situation we are now that just to go somewhere like okay should i should i not there is mm -hmm. always doubt there is always fear there is like yeah. i need to go let's say check myself you know at the ladies doctor and i'm like yeah oh, maybe not but what if it's always this kind yeah. of nagging now and it's like well anything to help you relax anything mm -hmm. to just distract you a little bit that's what i want to achieve with my arts yeah so that's great. I think I found my little goal. So if it works out, yeah, I will be very happy. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you shared that because, you know, I've joked for years about needing to find a hobby and I know that I'm not the only one. And so, you know, I'm glad that you shared today for so many reasons with, with distractions from anxiety, hobbies, and also just, you know, sometimes a lot of, a lot of the things that I've experienced myself this past year and written about is kind of the whole thing, like, even in our hardest times, there's opportunities. And, you know, for this hobby of yours that you started 12 years ago, mm -hmm. and for it to have carried you through supporting your family from afar, and, you know, being able to give back that support to others in a different way, you know, with giving it as a, a tool to help, I think that that's really a nice full circle, you know, even in the hardest times that you can really, of course, physically have beauty because of your artwork. Um, but just the beauty of our life experience, you know, just continuing to, to give back. Well, I hope, I mean, if it even helps one person, you know, I will be happy for just something, something. I mean, I'm not claiming that I'm going to be like, oh, the next best gimmick to help you through yeah. something, you know, traumatic, but just a little bit. I'm not yeah. you know, asking for more, just to help a little bit. By, I see my kids, you know, especially my daughter, you know, who struggles with the doctor. And I mean, one of her favorite things to do is crafts. And so this kind mm -hmm. of, for me, has helped connect the dots and also give me some tools moving forward. So mission accomplished. You've helped one person. So yeah, next time you are at the dentist with your kids, just give them those little tasks, you know, look there. Yep. It's anything mm. to distract, anything. Distraction it works. It's just the way yeah. our brain works. Yep. We so. need those little tasks. Well, for people to find you, to find your work, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, well, I am very, well, um, very active on Facebook. I've got my uh, page that is called Just Quillet. And if you see a bright orange flower, yes, that's me. That's my page. <laughs> 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 There's a profile picture. Um, I post, try to post every day and every Sunday I go live just to show how it's done. So whatever project is on the table, um, Sunday night quilling at eight o'clock every Sunday, I go on and we sit, we talk. Sometimes people ask questions, you know, how things are done, what I'm using, how I'm using, what tools I'm using. So it's actually, you know, just a nice kind of, when you go like to those art retreats and you just sit and have a cup of tea and make something and chat, <laughs> that's, that's sort wonderful. of that kind of atmosphere. And yeah, um, uh, if you want to have a look on my website, it's justquillit.com. 
Um, yeah, you can send me messages. I'm sure there are phone numbers somewhere there if you prefer a chat. I'm quite, quite open. <laughs> Thank you, Lana. This was very interesting. And of course, I've gotten to see your, your face and your oh. work. And so this has been so fun to get to see. And I've been one day we'll have intricate- coffee, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, of course. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For all things flushing, visit our website at flushingitout.com. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.